Welcome to The Crossing Online. We're so glad that you're here. We may not be together in person, but we at The Crossing believe that life is better when we are in community together. So we wanna encourage you, share this service with your friends by clicking that share button right below this video. If it is your first time joining us online, we would love to connect with you. So go to our website and click that connect tab right there at the top. Fill that out with as much or as little information as you'd like, and a member from our team will be in contact to see how we can walk through life with you. If you need prayer or if you need help in any way, I wanna encourage you to text I need help to 31996 and a member from our team will be in contact with you after service to see how we can help you. If you give your life to the Lord today, you can text I said yes to that same number, 31996. We would love to send you a gift that would help you on this journey with Christ. Again, I'm Christine. We're so glad that you've joined us online. Let's get ready to worship. God is great and greatly to be praised. Let's lift him up this morning. When I'm in the roughest water, I won't go under, I won't drown. And when I'm in over my head, I know that you won't let me down. And when I'm broken and down to nothing,
thank you that you made a way for us. Thank you, Jesus, that you paid our debt in full. You left nothing undone. Thank you, Jesus, that we were the joy set before you. We worship you this morning. Come on, sing this with me. The passion of our Savior.
together one more time. Sing, I give. I give my whole life to honor this love. By the Lamb who was slain, I'm forgiven. The sinner's Savior, crown him Give him praise. Thank you, Lord. Father, you are the same saving Jesus that you were on the cross all those years ago, Lord. We believe that you are now and we believe that you will forever be our Savior. Thank you. I love you, Lord. Your mercy never fails me All my days I've been held in your hands From the moment that I wake up Until I lay my head I will sing of the goodness of God And Yes. 
you have been faithful. God, thank you for being so, so good. We love you so much. Jesus, thank you that you have not given us a fear, a spirit of fear and timidity, but Lord Jesus, of a power and love and a sound mind. Jesus, we thank you so much, God. I pray that you would meet us here today, wherever we are, whether it's on our couch or in our kitchen. Holy Spirit, you're there. We love you. And in Jesus' name, we all said amen. Come on, give him some praise again right where you're at. Right where you're at. Well, good morning, and welcome to The Crossing Online. Hey, if we haven't gotten a chance to meet yet, my name's Thomas, and I get the privilege of serving our students as a student director. And on behalf of Pastor Randy and Stacy and the entire Crossing staff, we just want to say Welcome home. We're so glad that you tuned in this morning. Hey, well, I don't have much for you. We're about to go into some, into some announcements. But before we do, give whoever you're sitting with an elbow, and we'll go into the announcements. <laughs> hey, church, here's what's coming up at the crossing. One of our missions here at The Crossing is that you would be equipped to go and make a difference in your community. That's why we are hosting an online serve team training Thursday, April 2nd. Head on over to our website where you can get signed up.
Easter weekend is coming up, and this is the good news that changes everything. We want to invite you to join us for our online service on Good Friday, followed by our Easter services online on Sunday at 8, 10, and 12. We can't wait for you to join us. There's lots of exciting things going on here at The Crossing. To keep up with us on the go, be sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, or subscribe to our YouTube channel. I'm Julian, and please join me in welcoming our senior pastor, Pastor Andy. Good morning, everybody. I tell you, it's taken a little getting used to to uh, walking up here, and uh, we've got a handful of our staff and some of our leaders here, but uh, most of you are right there uh, in your, looks like a blue nightgown that's about 15 years old or so, and uh, that's okay. Uh, but it's so good to, to be seeing all of you, or actually not being able to see you, but I know that we've got so many of our church family, and some of you that are with us right now that... Uh, you're certainly not, uh, maybe not a part of the Crossing Church, but you are a part of our family. And uh, so we're just glad to be here to, to be of, of service to all of you. I want to, as we are getting started, to uh, bring you up to date on some things that we have uh, to adjust to as we get into this new week. And this is for all of all churches and, uh, and especially though for, for those of you that are part of the Crossing Church, I, I've got to give an announcement here. Uh, from our county judge here, uh, uh, Judge Mark Keogh, put out an order this last Friday that was a stay-at-home order, and it does change some of the things that we need to do here. So before I get going, I just want to make mention of a couple of things that, that are going to be changing. Because of the stay-at-home order, it goes through midnight of Easter Sunday, so what that means is, and as Julian announced to you earlier, we will be online on Easter Sunday morning, and it's going to be special. I, who knows what God, God is always up to something good, and so it's a little strange to, to be thinking as a pastor that we're, I mean, I couldn't have ever imagined we would have an Easter Sunday in the United States of America, and we would not be gathering in our auditoriums, and uh, yet, here's what I know. God is up to something good. So uh, we'll be looking forward to that and we'll be preparing for that, but I wanted you to be prepared for that. So uh, that is one of the announcements. Also, because of uh, Judge Keogh's order, uh, the way we do church, uh, the way our office works, our offices won't be officially opened, at least not here on campus. So what that means is when you call in, it's quite likely you're not gonna have a human being answer the phone. That's all right. You call. We're going to be checking those uh, calls. We're going to be returning those to you. We're going to operate all as normal as we can, but we're going to be doing it remotely from our homes and stuff. And so just so you know, uh, call, leave your message. We are going to get back to you, all right? And uh, I think the other thing I had was this. Oh, yes. 6 a.m. prayer is something we've had for all the time that I've been here. 6 a.m. on Tuesday mornings, we always gather here to pray. The judge's order is that we're quarantined or we're actually curfewed from midnight to 6 a.m. and then we're under a stay at home. So we're not gonna, we are gonna pray at 6 a.m. on Tuesday. I'm gonna get up here as quick as I can and be on Facebook Live and you all just open up and join me on your Facebook Live at 6 a.m. and I'll lead us in a time of prayer. All right, so that's, that's this week at 6 a.m. All right, everybody good? Uh, good, everybody in here is good. 
so gang, t- today, this is a little unusual. I don't have a text. Ordinarily, if you're, if you're new to church life and you're looking at me, you're thinking, what's a text? Ordinarily, a guy like me, the preacher, will open up to one central portion of Scripture and read that, and then I'll pull information from that one text. I was thinking about really what the, the, the thought was for today, what the message was for today. And I really have just got an enormous compassion for everybody sitting here and, and there. And I've entitled this message, Facing the Anxiety of Uncertainty. The anxiety that comes from uncertainty. I, what, Pastor Randy, when is this going to end? I don't know. I don't know. When will we get our jobs back? And when will we get our jobs back? I don't know. Uh, when will the economy get back? Will my 401k recover? I don't know. The, the, last week we, we talked out of Hebrews chapter 12, and we talked about, out of verse 25, the, the scripture says that everything that can be shaken will be shaken, but there are some things that are not shakeable, and we, we, we described how this season that we're going through, the coronavirus and the arresting of just really all of our attention because uh, our economy is greatly shaken, our physical health shaken, our dependency on jobs shaken, our schedules shaken, our way of church shaken. Everything's shaken, and uh, it creates this enormous unrest. Well, here's one of the things that's, that's also being shaken is that when, when we can answer all of our questions. When, when whatever the question comes up, we say, oh, I got that. My, my 401k, totally loaded up, retirement, got it. I know when I'm gonna retire. I know my job's gonna be there. Uh, when you have all the answers, we start to lose room for any need for God. And the truth is, when we, when we know everything, and there is no mystery, uh, the truth is, we, we start to think that we're actually, we're actually controlling all of this. And here's what I want you to know. When we're in times of uncertainty, it awakens one of the other idols that's, that's just in mankind, and that is that we, we want to secure everything about our life and be, here's the word, in control. In control. Now, I do too. I want to be as in control. I wish, you know, I'd like about $20 million in my retirement just so I know there's plenty there, at least for the first few years. Me and Sister Stacy would have a wonderful time. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I want to know that everything's perfectly secure. I'd like to be able to point at it and just totally rest, and probably many of you are. I, I just want you to know, you, uh, at the fall of man, everybody became, I mean, let me, I'll just ask, if you want to know how can you determine whether you're a control freak or not, reach right up here and see if you can find a pulse. <laughs> if you can find a pulse, you're a control freak. Now, Pastor, control freaks, they're usually the loud, boisterous, domineering. No, I'm one of those quiet ones. I'm slick, conniving, sneaky. And I, so I'm calling all of you other folks out that look so sweet. My sweet mother weighs 90 pounds. She, you, 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 the wind could blow and I got to tie her down. Sweetest thing in the world, control freak. I know this woman. And so I just, I want, want to tell you, we, we are all anxious to get things anchored down. Here's one of the wonderful things about this season. Now listen, I want, I want you to know, my compassions for those, I know there's folks that have lost 10 and 15 years worth of income in the stock market. 
I know there's oil jobs and oil-related jobs that are either threatened or you are, you are uneasy. There's travel jobs, just lots of jobs. And so please hear the tone with which I'm speaking. This is out of great compassion that I just thought of four, five, six, seven things. I've only got time for probably three or four. I'll go as long as I've got time for. But I just wanna give you some places in Scripture and some thoughts that will help you anchor down during times of uncertainty, okay? And we are in one. We, this, this is just a time of uncertainty. So just, just some pointers here. The first one, uh, point number one is order your disorder. Order your disorder. Let me read you the scripture. 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7 says, humble yourself under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Be anxious for nothing, but bring all your cares to God, your anxiety and your worry to God, because he cares for you. Now, how do I get order your order out of that? Uh, some time ago, I was watching a coaching session by Dr. Henry Cloud. This is very practical, okay, super practical. And dealing with high-powered CEOs who deal with, you know, multi-billion dollar companies and how he coached them when they went through the 08 debacle and the companies were falling apart and people losing jobs and all this pressure was on these CEOs and he's a psychologist that works with these type individuals and helps them sort out anxiety at some of the highest levels. And he gave this coaching point, and I've never forgotten it. He said, these guys would come to me, and they were just crawling out of their skin because they, there were so many things that, that were out of their control, and they were having a hard time keeping psychologically and emotionally together. And he said, here's what we did. I said, guys... Gals, make a list, and this is my counsel to you, this is practical. Make a list of everything happening that is outside of your control. It's worrying you, it's anxious, but it's outside of your ability to do anything about it. Here, here's the truth. You can't do a thing about what's happening in the stock market. You, you're, no matter how much money you got in it, it moves the needle so small. It, you, we can't do anything about that. Uh, you can't do anything about when this virus will end and its impact, can't do anything about that. Uh, you can make a list of things. All these guys had all kinds of things, stockholders and employees and employee reaction, things they could not control. And here's his counsel. Make a list of everything you cannot control, take five minutes and worry about it with everything you got. Spend all your anxiety right there, just worry about it. Now that was his counsel. On the other side of the piece of paper, write down everything you can control. Put those things in order of priority, assign the time you're going to address it, and get to work with what you can control. Now, as practical as that is, I would add this one thing, which is in this scripture here. Write down everything you cannot control. You cannot control how people are gonna react. You cannot control what's gonna happen in politics. You cannot control the economy. You cannot control it. But if you worry about the things you can't control, it'll eat you alive and it'll, it'll cause you just to freeze. This scripture says this, not only make a list of them, 
but bring those to God because there is somebody who can control them. Hand what you can't control to God. Take what is yours to control. Put it in order. Order creates peace. And everybody here has different tolerance. All of you have a different tolerance for disorder, for the unknown, for the mystery, for risk. Everybody's got different tolerance levels. And for very high order people, this time can be very unsettling. Uh, so lucky for me. But, uh, so for the, but for the, the folks that just need it spelled out, this is very, very unsettling. And so set, set what you can control in order and get busy stewarding what you can control. All right, very practical advice. Number two, give place to the one who does know and who is certain. In other words, when you're unknowing, things you can't know, and you're uncertain, now we gotta make room for the one who does know. So let me read you the scripture that came to me on this one. This is Romans 8, 26, and, and gang, just side note, if you were gonna be trapped on an island and you could only take one chapter of the Bible, this is what I used to tell my students when I was a student pastor, take Romans chapter eight. If you, so you're trapped there in home with your family or all, you're starting to pull your hair out and you're wondering, oh my God, Jesus, come back right now. Make it your, your just focus to um, just start reading Romans chapter eight and take just a few verses at a time and just think about it. This would be a great, you would, you'll be a different person at the end of the corona craze. So, but this is Romans chapter eight, verse 26, Paul speaking says, at the same time, the spirit, speaking of the Holy Spirit, helps us in our weakness because we don't know. Everybody say, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know because we do not know how to pray for what we need. But the Spirit intercedes along with our groans that cannot be expressed in words. The one who searches our hearts knows what the Spirit has in mind. The Spirit intercedes for God's people the way God wants him to. So what's gotten said right there is when we don't know we don't even know what to pray. Paul's saying, we reach situations, I don't even know what to pray. We come to the Holy Spirit, and here's the wonderful thing. Right now as we sit in our confusion, he's not confused at all. He knows exactly what the will of God is in this situation, exactly what the will of God is for you and your family, and he is interceding on your behalf that if you scoot off the seat of control and surrender him to his proper seat, if you'll scoot over, Quit fighting it, trying to figure it all out. Take a deep breath. Let him intercede for you. He does know. It doesn't stop there, though. That's what we don't know. Check this out, verse 28. We do know this. We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, for those <clears throat> who are called according to his purpose and plan. We don't know how to pray sometimes, and we don't know what to do. So we surrender that to the Holy Spirit and let him intercede the very will of God for us. But we do know this. Even though I don't know much, I know this. 
I know that God is causing all things to work together for my good because I love the Lord and I am called according to his purpose. So between here and there, I know how this thing ends. So there's a security there. What does it mean to intercede? Let the Holy Spirit intercede for you. So for some of you, it means you're comfortable with this kind of conversation, that you have a prayer language. The Holy Spirit, there's a gift in the scripture of speaking in tongues. Don't leave me. I know some of you that are new, you're like, ah, no, 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 just calm down. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14, lots of different places. But not everybody's comfortable or knowledgeable or understanding or, or does that. That's okay. That's not the only way to pray in the Spirit. But, but if you do have a, have a prayer language, I would encourage you, I, I start this way. I come in this room many times and say, Holy Spirit, I don't know what to even pray for this morning. This is very common for me. Holy Spirit, would you intercede what the will of God is for this day and for this time and for this church? And I, I pray in, in my prayer language, okay? That is not the only way to pray in the Spirit, though. Uh, this says groanings too deep for words. Sometimes I have sat here quietly just feeling my anxiousness, but I precede it with this, Holy Spirit. I'm not even sure what to say right now. I'm not sure what to do. I mean, sometimes I, I, I don't know what to do. And he's, he's the one that does. And so sometimes you can just sit quietly and go, Holy Spirit, I'm just hurting. I, I don't even know how to pray for myself. I'm trusting you. You can sit quiet and let him do the talking. Sometimes the English or your native language will come to you and you'll start to pick up something to start praying about. You'll start taking a direction. Uh, I want you to know he is so present. He is so present. And please hear me. Sometimes I say the word Holy Spirit and it's like, ooh, that's like graduate level something for super Christians. Eh. When you said yes to Jesus, in fact, if you're here and you've never even accepted Jesus, the Holy Spirit is there. He's the one that can help you get saved. And here's the deal. You won't even know it's him working. You won't even know it's him. I'll give you an example. Uh, I'm this week, I'm, I went over to my mother's. And again, this is my 90-year-old, now we know, control freak, stubborn mother, but in the sweetest, kindest way. She's sweet. Uh, and she wanted me to go get some things for her for groceries. I, I, I told her where I was gonna go. I was planning to go to one grocery store. I got lazy and I, cut, I just got in my car and when I took off, I thought, I'm not going there, I'm going to Walgreens. It's quicker, it's easier. I pull into Walgreens and there is a, 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 an African-American couple, a young man in his probably young 40s and a, a woman that I found out was 75 years old, Nigerian. I didn't know that either, but they're sitting on a bench in front of Walgreens. And when I drove up, I wasn't thinking, I wasn't speaking in tongues. I wasn't worshiping. I was uh, impatient to get my mother her stuff because I had other things to do, frankly. So... I pull into the parking lot and I just looked over at them and I promise you in a download that happened in less, it takes more time for me to say it. I thought they're in need because they had a basket with everything they owned in it. Two or three suitcases, not like I'm an incredibly discerning person. Figure if there's everything they own is stacked beside them, they could have a need. So I, I just looked over at them and immediately this is what went through my mind. I don't have any cash, but I've got credit cards and I'm okay. okay. This went through my mind just this fast. If they need a place to stay, I've got credit cards and there's, there's a, a Holiday Inn right behind Walgreens. 
I didn't even go over to him. I went in, got my mom's stuff, bagged it up. I came back and just looked at him and she made eye contact with me. I did one of those and she said, she just gave me a sweet wave, put it in my car, started to get in my car, shut my door, went over and talked to him. What are you, what's going on with you guys? What's happening with you? Here's what she said. The Holy Spirit told us to come and sit on this bench. The Holy Spirit told, and she was glowing. You, man, you could look at these people and go, they're glowing with Jesus. He was quoting scripture and she was quoting scripture. I'm not religiously sweet, you know, out of that sweet, just who they were. And uh, she said, the Holy Spirit, that this person I just talked about, the Holy Spirit said, come sit on this bench. Now, this is how the Holy Spirit can intercede when you don't know what to do. What I found out was they didn't know where they were gonna be sleeping that night. They didn't know if they would be undercover that night. But, but the Holy Spirit did. This is Friday. This is Friday. I'm not feeling holy at all. I'm, I'm Anyway, I, so I said, well, I said, well, I don't have cash, but... I've got a credit card, and here's what she said. I mean, I'd already thought this, okay? She said, we were hoping we could stay in that Holiday Inn back there. It's like, you're making this easy. Like, I got this. I can do this. This is a no-brainer. Not a bunch of prayers, no sign, no angel appeared, no handwriting on Walgreens, nothing. Just as natural, the thoughts were flowing, just as simple, just simple. And he got in my car, we went over there, we got him s several nights set up with food, and I went to an ATM, because they needed cash too. Got him set up, gang, here, here's the deal. When you don't know, and you can't see how things are gonna turn out, the Holy Spirit knows the perfect plan and will of God, and here's what you do know when you start to pray. We don't know what's gonna happen, but we know this. He's going to cause it all to work together for his good for those of us who love him and are called according to his purpose. That is our confidence, all right? When we don't know, go to the one who knows. He knows how to intercede for us. Number three, know God is most powerfully present when he appears most absent. Now, this one's probably the most meaningful, uh, all these points are meaningful, but th this one's deep in me. And here's, here's the picture. Uh, these times right now of uncertainty and the anxiousness that comes from them, I have found in my 50 some odd years that the best work that God does in me happens when it seems like he's the furthest away, okay? The picture I would give of the anxious times, and I want you to be encouraged. God's not absent. Actually, there's more happening right now while you're looking at your 401k and your job and that anxiety. Just please know the song we sang earlier is so prophetic. I know God is up to something good in this. And uh, the picture is, is this, like a good father, knows when to be with and when to let go. Uh, the, the picture is, some of you may remember this, when you were learning to ride your bike and it had training wheels, okay? First it has training wheels 
and you're watching all the other kids, but then little Bobby and little Susie and your neighbors start driving around without their training wheels, but you are embarrassed because you are still in your training wheels. What's happening on the inside of you is this, I wish I could ride a bike without my training wheels, but I'm scared, I need that stability. Stay with me. So dad does this, training wheels off, dad very present, you on the bike, very present dad, you on the bike. Dad knows what's in you, you don't know what's in you. So dad knows this is really not that hard, you're scared to death. He runs alongside of you, talking to you, and you know what? Before you know he's let go, he lets go. And he's absent from the scene, and you don't know it yet, because he knew what was in you, and that the only way to get out of you what was in you was to let go, back up, let you struggle on your own. Uh, my, how can I say, for I don't know how many years, bunch of years, a lot of these guys in the room here are gym rats. They, they lift weights and they're the real deal. And uh, they, Dallas and Austin, some of these guys, if you go in our gym, and about half the Crossing Church goes to this gym, in the back part of the gym are free weights with big you know, metal weights that are on bars. The front part of the gym is for the more mature. They're the machines, okay, for probably the last 10 years, I have not ventured back where the big boys are, where Dallas and Austin, where these guys lift weights. There's the big muscle heads. I've been up with the machines. And when you're on a machine, you're isolating muscle. But here's the deal. The machine is actually stabilizing the weight for you. Okay? There's that word again. That's stabilizing the weight for you. And what I did not realize was that until I went back with the big boys and started lifting with the, the weight where not only are you lifting the weight, but your body is having to find, hear me, find muscle you don't know you have to stabilize that weight, okay? When I went back with the big boys, I just started that in January. I've had more result, and I'm not bragging, and you don't want to see this without a shirt on, and I'm not saying that. We're not there yet. But my wife will tell you. She has had to look at it. So my wife will tell you, I've had more result since January working on free weights because not only was I lifting it, but I had, I had to find muscle to stabilize it, okay? Now, the, the metaphor I'm trying to get to is this. During this season right now where things are unstable, uh, you're learning to find muscle that God knows you have, but you don't know you have. And this changes you, and and you're you're not going to like it. I don't like it. This isn't the last season of where it feels like God goes, he's not, he's not gone, but it feels like it. God, where the heck are you? Hey, everything's falling apart. No, no, no. He just let go. You're wobbling on the bike right now. 
you really do want to be able to ride that bike and you don't want your daddy riding around with you all the time. But, but from here to there is what you're scared of. That's where we are right now. We're in the ugly middle. Let me, let me read you the scripture I have for you here. This is 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7. It says, so be truly glad. There is a wonderful joy ahead, even though you have to endure many trials of your personal faith for a little while. Verse seven, these trials, here's what this is doing, gang. This is so good. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. You say it again. The coronavirus pressures will show that your faith is actually genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. These trials are producing something for you. Gang, here's the truth, okay? This is the Western church, it's a good thing. But there's a difference between your, the faith that you get that you've written down in your notebooks in church and in Bible study and uh, honestly, honestly, it's good and you need that. You need that. But you really don't know what you believe until you take what was on your notebook and get out there and go through something where you have to count on it yourself. And it's tough. I wish we could just live in the classroom. It'd be like a football team that just learns plays on the chalkboard all the time. And they have a book full of plays. And if you ask them, well, do you block you know, the, the, you know, the, the A or the B gap? They could tell you, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm blocking in the A gap or I'm filling the B gap or whatever. Here's the deal, that, none of that makes just a whole lot of difference to this planet till you get out there on the field. It all lands way different when you're out there butting heads with an opponent that's really alive. That's when you learn what it really is like and you gain credibility. And the truth is when your head hits the pillow at night, no matter how much you biblically know that you've memorized, only the stuff you've put to the test, and here's the thing, it says here that this is a testing of your faith, but know that it isn't a test to see, God's not testing to, for you to prove to him that you're faithful. God is testing you to prove to you that you're faithful. And our confidence and credibility rise, they, only, they don't rise in the classroom. Man, when you go to hell and back and you get some scars and you go, well, I used to think that meant this, but I've been to hell and back and now I realize here's what that means. I want you to know if somebody has to choose who they want to go to for counsel, whether it's kind of the philosopher bubble wrapped Christian advisor who's never been through anything or a guy that's got scars and, and may quote that scripture a little more raw, I'm going to that guy every time. And Jesus, first thing he showed was his scars. Guys, I've been through something. I believe this down to my death. I'm gonna listen to him. The other thing I want you to hear is this. This, this is a part of his training ground. And uh, you and I are gonna go through several of these. This is a worldwide one. You and I are gonna go through several of these times where it feels like God is absent, but he's the most present. Because, hear me, 
what he's doing right now is helping you find what you're gonna need when you get to your next blessing. Okay, this is the picture. Israel left Egypt, their bondage, and they were promised the promised land. This is your blessing over here. What was in the middle, the ugly middle, the land between, was God's testing ground for, to, to help them find what they would need to actually possess what he wanted them to have. He didn't just jump the middle. He said, no, we're going to go, we're going to go through the ugly middle. Let me show you scripture here. Philippians 1, 6 says, there has never been the slightest doubt in my mind that the God who started this great work in you would keep at it and bring it to a flourishing finish on the very day when Christ appeared. Some of you know that. He who began a good work will be faithful to complete it. The scripture also says that he's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. He begins it, he ends it. Does anybody know that, is there anything missing for anybody? The ugly middle, okay? Here's the thing, and I've learned this in ministry. God is preparing me for the next blessing that I'm to steward, but he isn't gonna hand it to me. He's gonna train me, and he's gonna draw out of me, and it's not him giving me something, he's already given it to me. I hadn't figured out how to find it. I find it under pressure and under duress. And my faith that I'm pretty confident I have, it becomes genuine and I become capable of stewarding the blessing that I'm headed for. Some of you are under tremendous duress financially and you think, God, this has been a long, long time. I want to encourage you and I believe this is a word from the Lord for some of you sitting on couches right now. God, where are you? We've been faithful and here's the deal. You're, being, you're, you're going to another level. You're gonna be entrusted with another level of resource, another level of giving, another level of stewardship. But you need to know that, that your heart is, is genuine. You need to know that you'll be faithful when it isn't obvious that he's near. God's at work. You're getting what you're gonna to need to be able to steward and possess the next level of blessing. Very, very important. Some of you are young couples. You go through this time of uncertainty all the time. You graduate high school, and where am I gonna go to college? You get that horrible feeling, and mom and dad come along and say, well, it really doesn't matter what you think. Here's what we'll pay for. That clears it up. You get through college, and, and then you go, what am I gonna do? Do I get married? Why am I gonna get a job? And you start a series of, oh my God, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? I want you to hear me. God has created in just life's process destabilizing seasons, they're not strange. Don't, don't, you're not doing anything wrong. You're not unintelligent. You're not unique like, we don't know what to do. We don't know what to do. This most horrifying thing for a man that's a husband and a, and a father to look at his family and say is, I don't know. I don't know what to do. And uh, most of us as men, and I would just advise you, never admit that. Uh, I'm just playing. Uh, but it, it is it's very, very humbling to admit, uh, I don't know what to do. And some of you are young married, and you're trying to find your way, and you're thinking, God, there's something just, why can't we find it? Listen, you need to know. God's at work during these seasons because he does know where you're going. 
and what you're going to need in your weaponry. Not from all your friends telling you what you ought to do, not from even mom and dad telling you how proud you ought to make them. You've got to know for yourself what, who God is for you. And you don't find it by listening to everybody else. During these pressure times, you figure out, look, everybody's got good advice, but none of that's helping me. I got to find God. This time is driving you there because you're going to find in him what you need to possess where he's taking you. Don't despise this season and don't doubt yourself. God's at work. It is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work. His good pleasure. Last point. Last point. Focus on what God has done. Remember, focus on what God has done. Scripture I have for you here, Lamentation 3. We sang about the faithfulness of God. I tell you about that song is just crazy, perfect for right now. That, uh, this, you should listen to the goodness of God just over and over and over right now. God is faithful. He just, you can count on him. Lamentations 3.21. But there's one other thing I remember, and remembering I keep a grip on hope. This is out of the message. God's loyal love couldn't have run out. His merciful love couldn't have dried up. They're created new every morning. How great is your faithfulness? Verse 24, I'm sticking with God. I say it over and over. He is all I've got. The steadfast love for you old-timers like me, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases, and his mercies never come to an end. They're new every morning, and great is his faithfulness. Gang, once again, I was young, and now I'm old, and I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging bread. Remember what God has done. I think of the, the, the story at the Pool of Bethesda when uh, Jesus walked by, who knows, 20, 30, 40, 50 people, sick, laying around this pool, it's a story in the Gospels. And he goes to one guy who'd been crippled for 30 years, and he asked him, do you want to get healed? And the guy said, well, yes, I want to get healed. He said, rise, pick up your, your, your uh, bed and walk. And the guy walks out. Okay, now I say, remember what God has done, because this is the picture that comes to mind. If that were to happen today, CNN, CNBC, MSNBC, Fox, they would send a host of reporters down there to interview. They'd do a token interview with Jesus. Some of them would give good press to the guy walking, but I really do believe most of the people who would get interviewed would be the 40 people who didn't get saved. How'd that make you feel? How did it feel to be disenfranchised by this, you know, you know this healer who discriminate? He discriminated against you. How does that make you feel? He healed a guy, and you're a woman. I bet that. How does that make you feel? All the women ought to get together here who are sick, and let's, you know, let's get a, a congressman to come up here. Let's start something. Let's focus on what didn't happen. Okay. Here's the tendency in a time of pressure. I've got it. You've got it. Because it feels like God isn't jumping into our, our, our circumstance right now, you can start to rehearse the times when, wait a minute, God's not gonna come through. I could rehearse hundreds of people I've prayed for that I didn't see any, I didn't see any change whatsoever. And if, I, and if I just focus there, my faith starts to get depleted. Look, 
what that whole group of people could have done was come together and go, did you see that? One guy got healed. It's possible. Fred, we know Fred. Fred's been here for 30 years. He's been here before we got here. Fred got healed. healed by Jesus healed this guy. That means if we could get to Jesus, he could heal us. You can turn this thing around. I've prayed for a bunch of people that have, to my knowledge, never got healed. But here's what I know. I held my son when he was a baby in my arms while his head was hot with fever, and he's crying. And I prayed I will not be denied kind of prayer. And in my hands, he was healed instantly. Now, I don't know much, but I know that. I know we've prayed for people here that the doctor said, you will not be able to have children. You're going to need to adopt. We have prayed for them and then dedicated their babies, their babies, their birthed babies. We've done that here. Now, I could focus on a bunch of things that didn't go the way I thought they should, or I can focus on what God has done. I can tell you a time when me and Stacy, in early, early marriage, had $70 to our name, and God spoke to us to give 40 of it to a family that was in the church that was in need, $40, uh, so that they could buy groceries. We got $30 in the bank, and a check shows up that week for $400, 10 times what we gave. My brother sold some produce and sent us the tithe off of it. It just came out of nowhere, out of the blue. I, I, I know we've been tight, but I know I have seen God come through at times. I've opened, when I was single, I opened my mailbox one day. When I did not have the rent check, I was living in an apartment in Conroe, and there was a check for $500 plus. A company, I, or I drove a bus while I was in college. They couldn't find me for three years, and there was a retirement benefit that I was owed that I didn't, I didn't even know about it. Strange that it just showed up on the day when I needed to pay rent. I can tell you story after story after story of God's faithfulness in finances in our lives. Uh, there was a, I didn't give this to you. This is uh, Jeremiah 17. Uh, it, 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 when, when we were, you know, I was fighting the IRS, and uh, God bless the IRS if y'all are watching. We love you. Hallelujah. Uh, but, um, but as a young couple, we were, you know, many of you are young couples and you're, you, you know, things are tight. And so giving the IRS a bunch of money was just painful every year. I, I remember just feeling like they were in charge and I could, I couldn't make enough money to pay them and take care of my family. And God gave me a scripture and it wasn't just a scripture that I wrote down and memorized and you know, got the right answer when somebody asked me. He gave me a word from the Bible and it drove down deep in me and became one with me. And that is this, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He will be like a tree planted by the waters that extends its roots by the stream. And he will not fear when the heat comes nor cease to produce fruit in the year of drought, but his leaves will be green. Man, I ran that thing over and over and over in my head because here's what I knew. God, it feels like a financial drought. It feels like I can never produce anything because the IRS and the world just keeps taking my money. I can't seem to produce enough. And on the way, I remember one time on the way to see my tax man, I was sick in my gut, headed that way. Somebody had made us aware of some benefit that we had that this particular tax accountant had said, you know, I don't think you should take that benefit. Well, man, we got some better counsel, and I drove there sick to my stomach, 
quoting this scripture over our finances. And on the way back, it was the first time we had ever received anything back from the IRS. They paid us not only that year's stuff back, but they did a retro check that changed us for that season. Look, God brought us the right information. God turned our financial situation around. We've been given cars, help. I just, I can't, we have been blessed. We no longer live hoping for miracles. We're actually living in the blessing. Miracles comes out of, you know, you know it, it appears. It just comes because you prayed and God graciously gives it. But when you're giving and faithfully giving, you are actually in blessing. And it may not feel like it, but you need to know you have put your, your roots in by the stream. I'm speaking to some folks right now that you're, you're desperately concerned about your financial health. And I told, man, listen, I get it. I feel it with you. My compassions, my heart uh, are, are there. I just want you to know, Pastor, what if we haven't been tithing? I want you to know God is still faithful. I want you to know he is a miracle-working God. He's not holding a gun to your head. God will come through for you. I will also say, those of you that have been giving, you don't need a miracle. You are actually living in blessing. I mean, you, you, have, you have cooperated. And so, but, but I want you to know, God, God knows, and I'll close with this story. Uh, and I've told this so many times, but again, it's hummingbird season again, so the story came up for me, because anyway. Uh, the, I was out on my deck one day wrestling because I had gotten several pieces of bad financial news. And uh, it was hummingbird season, it was the fall hummingbird season, but nonetheless, there were hummingbirds all around and I was on my deck and I was anxious and a little angry at God because I had gotten several pieces of financially threatening information and you know, as provider, pastor, leader, man, I I I was worried. And so I'm sitting there, kind of sort of having a quiet time, but it was a complain time. Same, same thing sometimes. And I'm watching these hummingbirds at these hummingbird feeders. There's seemed like hundreds of them. And they're fighting one another. If you've ever seen them, man, I got seven hummingbird feeders. I got gallons of hummingbird feed out there. And these hummingbirds are fighting one another ferociously to hog these feeders. And again, if you've seen them, you know what I'm talking about. And I'm sitting here frustrated with God, pressured under my financial situation. I'm tapping my fingers, and here's the thoughts that start going through my mind. You dumb little birds. Don't you know? Don't you know that I put these hummingbird feeders out, really not even so much to feed you. I did it to get you here. I enjoy you being here. And don't you know that the hummingbird food is four parts water, one part sugar, and I will keep these filled and it costs me nothing. It costs me pennies to keep you taken. If you only knew how much I enjoyed you being here, and if you only knew how easy it was for me to take care of you, you wouldn't be diving at each other. And so these are the thoughts going over my mind and all of a sudden I sense the presence of God going, Randy, Consider the birds, how they don't toil, they don't sow, they don't put into savings, they don't have 401ks, they don't even have a job. (laughs) Yet your heavenly Father feeds, clothes, and takes care of them. 
how much more will he take care of you? I just want to encourage as we close here today, uh, for those of you under financial duress and in anxiety right now, I just want you to know God's brought this word to encourage you, and I can't tell you enough. Remember what he has done. Remember, okay? Same God that was faithful, is faithful. Same yesterday, today, and forever. You're going somewhere. God's got you, all right? God's got this. For everyone here that might be watching and you're curiously wondering what is going on, God by his spirit during this season has granted a grace to all of this planet to open up our awareness that we aren't independent. We're actually a needy creature. We just, we wanna be independent, but the truth is we, we, we can't live without him. The Bible says this, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call up him on him while he's near. Now the truth is he's always near, but we're not always open. Right now we have a little window of time, an opportunity that God by his spirit has opened to mankind where we are particularly sensitive. And I wanna challenge you. You're wondering, is there anything to this God thing? Is this Jesus, is any of it real? But you're incredibly curious right now and something is strangely warmed in your heart. I want you to know that is absolutely God. And this whole thing has been set up so that today you could give your life to Christ. And if right there in your living room or your hotel room, wherever you're at, you're somewhere between I think, I think I believe, but I don't know, you need to hear me. The Holy Spirit has created this very moment this is the day for your salvation, and it's been totally arranged. All of the world got stopped by this virus to open up this sensitivity so that you could be saved because God loves you that much. So I want to lead you in a prayer, very simple prayer, but you right there in your hotel room or in your couch, you call out to God, God save me, and you need to know from this day forward, you will be saved. Pray after me, Heavenly Father, I'm a sinner I've sinned against you, and I'm sorry. Please forgive me of my sin. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He lived for me. He bled for me. He died for me so that I could be saved today. I believe you raised him from the dead, and I receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. Save me, God. I give you my life. If you just prayed that prayer, I would ask you to text the number that's on your screen right there that, and just say, I said yes, and just text that in there. That'll be just your next step. We're not gonna bug you, bother you, but I'll tell you what, we, this is a big, big deal. We want to walk with you and be available to you during this season, all right? Listen, we love you, everybody, Crossing Church family, everybody just watching, just know this church we love you a lot. We're here to help. We're here to walk with you. We're here to fuel faith into you during this particular time, all right? God bless. One more announcement, but, uh, but after that, you guys have a great, great, great day. We love you, all righty? What an incredible message from our senior pastor, Pastor Randy. If you'd like to share this message with your friends, click that share button below this video to share it on your personal Facebook. If you need prayer or if you need help, you can text I need help to 31996 and a member from our team will be in contact with you shortly. If you gave your life to the Lord, 
you can text I said yes to that same number 31996. We would love to send you a gift to help you get started on this journey with Christ. Again, I'm Christine. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next Sunday.